everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing, presented by AppsFlyer. Hey guys, this is Mike Shields, and this week on Next in Marketing, I got to talk to Kiwoba Lair, the founder and CEO of Girl Stem Stars. We talked about why she founded the organization, which helps young minority women crack the tech industry. She also told us how Girl Stem Stars has been able to shift gears during the pandemic when in-person events were a no-no, and how as a motivational speaker, she stays hopeful during such an anxious time. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Next in Marketing. Today, my guest is Kiwoba Lair. She's the founder and CEO of Girl Stem Stars. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yes, I am Kiwoba Alaire. Do you want me to go ahead and introduce myself? I, I think that's a good way to start. I think people, yeah. int- introduce yourself and maybe give us the uh, the, the brief one-on-one history of, of, of Girl Stem Stars. Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Kiwoba Alaire. I am the CEO and founder of Girl Stem Stars. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that advances girls of color from underserved communities in STEM science, technology, engineering, and math. Long story short, I started Girl STEM Stars very organically. In 2013, I was having what was supposed to be a routine surgery, but it went sideways and I went septic and wound up in a coma for three weeks. When I came out of it, my auntie came to my recovery bed and said, girl, do you realize that God sent his warring and ministering angels to fight for you and to keep you. And it's not just to continue working at that tech company. You have a greater purpose on your life. And uh, whilst in recovery, I prayed about it and I realized, you know, I was whining and complaining to HR and recruiting. Hey, Susie with the blonde hair and blue eyes, hire more people that look like me or um, Jose. And it always fell on deaf ears. And I realized, hey, stop complaining, stop fussing, be the change that you wanted to see. And I literally picked up the phone from my recovery bed and called LegalZoom and said, I want to start a nonprofit that advances girls of color in STEM. And it took off from there. I had a lot of support. And um, we have touched girls all over the Bay Area and Malaysia and Africa uh, over the you know over the last few years or the last years and um, it is a blessing it is a calling it's an honor and I am truly grateful um, to be in a position to be able to lift girls up with um, my platform. So you had been what, what, let's go back a little. What were you doing before that? You were in Silicon Valley doing what? Yes, I was actually working at a tech company, an AI ad tech company with Kenya at Rocket Fuel. Yes. And um, that was in Redwood City, California. And uh, I remember Very one of my famous founders, IPO from not long ago. Yeah, they went. Uh, yes, they did have an IPO. And I was one of the original, <clears throat> one of the first employees. I think I was like employee 20. And um, I believe we hit close to 2000 um, employees after that, after the IPO. So it was a super exciting ride. One of the best um, employment experiences of my life. That's interesting. Not to pick on Rocket Fuel in particular, or but uh, I'm wondering. Okay, 2,000 employees at that time. How many women, roughly, and then maybe how many non-white people 
like, like I know you know ad tech is a right, particular universe, right. right? So and and here's the you know one of the main reasons why I started Girl Stem Stars is because I did not see anybody that looked like myself on a daily basis. Yeah, and um, I was the only I was you know at the end of my career there. I was a director in an office and there was not any other um there were very few if if there were very few of us that were executives in an office uh, much less women and um it's uh it started to feel really weird you know when I would see one of my friends Marlo who is an African American woman um, in the cafeteria. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Marlo, stay where you are. I'll come across to you. And then we would hug and, or I would see Kenya and we'd be like, Oh my gosh, girl. Hi. And we would hug and people would wonder like, why are you hugging? And I'm like, right. What's the big deal? What are they sisters? Right. Do you see anybody that looks like, you know, do you see people that look like yourself on a daily basis? And they're like, yeah, of course. I'm like, we don't. Right. You know, so it's, and that's a big deal. on the floor on one floor. Marlo's on another floor. We had three floors in the building. I mean, it was I was lucky to see one of them, you know, uh, once every two weeks or three weeks. And do you think, again, I'm not I'm not picking on Rocket Fuel because I think it's probably yeah, sure. emblematic of so many companies in that world. Advertising is not inherently thought of as like super conservative or closed off, but it does have cha- real challenges in this industry. Were they trying to be more diverse? Was it a blind spot? Like, what, what do you think was the big challenge there? Well, you know, I'll give Rocket Fuel credit. They hired me. They hired yep. Kenya. They hired Malo. And, you know, at the, you know, as, as we grew, they started to, you know, they got it and they did make an effort. But I think this is the plight of all um, tech companies in Silicon Valley, not just Silicon Valley. You know, the, the norm is 1%. That's wow. the norm. One percent. So when you're just trying to be on the average of the norm, then the needle doesn't change. Yeah. And I'm sure that some of those companies would have said, well, listen, we're trying. And these are the resumes I get are, you know, one percent or like this. This is the pool we have. Or they probably have those kind of uh, defense complaints. And I don't I don't I'm I'm sure they're not universally not trying, but it's 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 a real challenge because they need to recruit, but also get a bigger pool to begin with. And that's um, why working at Rocket Fuel was such a blessing because our CEO, George John, got it. When I proposed to him, look, I don't see anybody that looks like me on a daily basis at work. We need to start from the beginning. We need to start educating children. And um, he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And so we started bringing in 50 girls every Wednesday. And the employees looked forward to hearing the girls just running through the office. Mm -hmm. And every Wednesday, they were taught STEM. And they were with us for two hours. They were fed. They were educated. Every department came down on a different Wednesday. Marketing would come in and say, okay, girls, we're going to build your brand. You know, we're, we're going to teach you about um, marketing. I remember the engineering department came down one day and they brought a bunch of rubber balls and threw balls at the girls. And they said, okay, that's gravity. Um, finance department came down and they helped the girls create a lemon, uh, lemonade stand. And they had, you know, figure out the money to sell lemonade. Um, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity that gave me the seed to create girl STEM stars. Because in that group of girls that came every Wednesday, that 50 group of girls, and even when we did a summer camp, 
um, we did a six to eight week summer camp for kids from underserved communities. I only saw like three or four um, black kids in that mm-hmm. group. Right. So this is where I saw, hmm, there needs to be a change. Right. But, but you saw with that, with that first group, once they're, once they're exposed to this world and get, and get, and get introduced to coding concepts, it was paying off. Oh my gosh. Was it ever? Um, I, I remember parents sending me emails and they continuously do now with girl STEM stars and um, voicemails, text messages, like, what did you do to my kid? You know, <laughs> we would have these amazing speakers come in. Um, we did a camp with boys and girls and, you know, we had um, executives, black executives from Genentech, from all different types of companies and even from government and, um, it really, you know, these events, these these um, STEM days, if you will, changed these children's lives forever. You know, it really opened up wow. their eyes to see what is available to them. Big picture when it comes to uh, getting more women into, into tech and coding and software. Tell me if you agree with this. I, I don't know if, like, for a long time, you, there was a stereotype, even when I was a kid, this was, you'd hear this more before that, but, you know, girls don't like math. Girls don't care about computers. It's a guy, it's a guy field. Now, at least in my universe, you'll hear parents talking about, oh, I got to get my kid to coding camp. And it's, mm-hmm. it's out there at least. But do you think there's still a challenge just culturally that, um, women are drawn to those are pushed to those areas or drawn to their those areas for any particular reason yeah yeah it's that's that you know bro culture um mm-hmm. you know silicon valley is built on that bro culture that white bro culture and um you know we need to break that stereotype and this is what girl stem stars is doing you know we're starting the girls early um our girls are from 8 to 18 and, you know, some of the parents are dropping off six and seven year olds, you know, oh. they're sneaking them in, <laughs> yeah. but they're like one of the most brightest in the room asking questions. Um, but this is where, you know, we give them the ambition and the confidence um, going into tech companies. So, you know, what we do with these girls is before COVID, we brought them to um, NASA Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, you name it. And um, we would have them for a whole day from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. We'd give them breakfast and goodie bags and T-shirts, you name it. And they would um, have the opportunity to spend the day with um, Black employees at at that company. And at the end of the day, well, actually, at the beginning of the day, I would ask the girls, you know, who do you want to be like when you grow up? And the girls are like, oh, I want to be like Beyonce so I can, I can, you know, dance and, <laughs> or, you know, I want to be like a, I want to be a veterinarian so I can play with puppies. But then after they've been at NASA and they've, they've met the beautiful black rocket scientist with, uh, with beautiful braids in her hair, um, talking about how she's looking for water on Mars. And um, they, you know, they come away from an event at Google where they meet an actual black female astronaut talking about what it's like to train to be an astronaut, all the STEM that she needs to know to be able to train to be an astronaut. When, um, the, you know, when they, they leave out of these days at the end, you know, I ask them, okay, so now what do you want to do with your life? They're like, oh, I want to be like that pretty black um, uh, astronaut. You know, I, if she can wow. do it, I can do it. There's ambition right there. This is where 
we're giving them the opportunity and the exposure one being on the tech being on the tech campus um wonderful example of when we were got off the bus to go to the the yahoo campus and the girls got off the bus and they're like oh is this like this is like disneyland just like <laughs> disneyland yeah. like oh look at them cute chinese boys okay what <laughs> what i gotta learn to work here boom right what i gotta learn to work here they haven't even walked into the door so giving these girls access to these tech um, campuses that are are really like built like disneyland oh, yeah. They're um, it gives them the confidence to say i belong here right yeah and then when they meet other employees that are you know the, you know, that are executives that are in different departments, they're successful, they hear their journeys, how they got there, the STEM they need to learn to be at these tech companies. And it's not just being an engineer, you can get into a tech company through marketing, through finance, through, right. you know, a lots of different avenues. And then it makes it easier. They're like, that gives them that ambition to say, I can do it too. If she can do it, I can do it. That sounds like an incredible experience for those girls, and it's and, and it's inspiring and awe, and eye opening. Is there any way to, to scale that? Because you you can only bring so many kids to Google every year, and, and right now no one's going anywhere. Do you, have you thought about are there ways to make you know make this world cool to kids who, who don't necessarily see it, or they're they're thinking about you know like like you said they they aspire to be I don't know Instagram stars or sports stars or something something in entertainment. Like how do you, how do we make it cooler? across the board for, for young girls. Right. So my goal um, as CEO of Girl STEM Stars is to teach all of our students that STEM is in every aspect of your life, every aspect of your life. So I've had um, top chefs come in. I've, you know, when they talk about, you know, this is, I, you know what kind of STEM I need to know to run this restaurant, to be a chef? Mm. Um, I've had athletes come in. Do you know the stem that I need to know to be able to make sure that the angle of the ball goes that way? Do you know, you know, I'll show them videos of my husband and I scuba diving underwater and we're kissing and the girls are like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I want to do that. And I'm like, do you realize the amount of stem that's on my back? Do you know how much, you know, how many math classes and science classes I had to take before they would let me jump off the boat? So I try to make them understand that, you know, STEM is everywhere and whatever you choose to do. And the more that we um, tout this in, um, in our media, in not just social media and networking, but also on television and in movies, you know, where we are starting, which they are finally starting to um, showcase that women have been a part of STEM for a very long time and that we need to encourage our girls. Um, one thing that we're doing now that we are switching after COVID, we are no longer obviously going on site to tech companies, but what we're doing is we're partnering with tech companies and we're doing virtual events where we have a career day um, where the girls will get to meet a panel of successful women at say Apple or, you know, um, Facebook or whatever company it is that wants to help and make a difference and make an impact, a positive impact on the girls in the community and what we do. And then, you know, we also have um, tech days where they will um, learn coding and robotics and have hands-on activities virtually. And then what I have always done is shared our videos globally. 
with all of our partners in Africa, Malaysia, Asia, you name it, um, Latin America, we share the videos. So then those educators sit down their girls, they play a video. And I always ask my, my video guy, Ken, he's amazing to shoot the video as if you are walking into our event as a child, sitting down and participating in the event. So when these girls from around the world watch these videos, they feel like they're at Google, right? They feel like they're participating in all of the coding and the robotics and they get that exposure and they can see it and want to be it themselves. Do you think it's interesting you mentioned how you try and talk about STEM in the through the lens of it touches almost every aspect of people's education or their, mm -hmm. or their work lives? Yes. Um, again, I'm speaking totally from my personal experience. Like my my kid's school has all the all these cool STEM clubs and activities, but I don't think it's baked into the curriculum like maybe it should be. Do you think? Do we need to to not have almost like compartmentalize this and, and build it into education when you're taking when you're learning about math and English and science and everything else? Like is that, do we need a, a more comprehensive program education wise? Most definitely, STEM needs to be baked into, as you said, um, into our educational curriculum um, globally. I think Europe does a very good job of that, uh, but I don't know. Uh, but I really do believe that we need to get it together. You know, we need to be able to teach these kids in a way that they do understand that STEM is in every part of their lives, but they, so, you know, they're taking STEM classes and they're taking math classes and science classes, but it's not related to their everyday lives. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they're not, this is like, you know, we have a STEM class that's a, that's going to teach them, like, if you learn this coding, you can do anything in the world. <laughs> if you become an engineer, the world is your oyster. If you learn, you know, this type of science or this type of math, to show them what the opportunities are that are offered to them, that are available to them, if they learn these types of courses from the very beginning, like I'm talking seven, eight years old. Yeah. And exactly why I have my son taking STEM classes at uh, uh, coding classes at six. Right. It should be as fundamental as learning addition or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. I don't tell him that it's anything special that I don't tell him that his, his friends aren't taking it. It's mm -hmm. just, this is what you're doing. Yeah. This is what kids learn you now. Know? Just like if you're going to take a martial arts class, you know, it's part of, you have to get, you know, activity, you know, you have to move your body. It's the same thing. You're going to move your brain in this way. And, you know, your, your world will be very rich. <laughs> and right. I'm not talking financially, but your world in general, be very rich. Let's talk a little, a little bit more about your organization. Yeah. Since you've founded it and it's growing, um, I'm, I wonder where is the, where is your funding coming from? How do people get involved? And then maybe I'd love to talk to you about what you're doing in terms of global expansion. So, our funding comes from tech companies, individual donors, sponsors. We need everyone's help. We need your help. You know, people can donate laptops. They can volunteer for pro bono work, um, like marketing, um, website development, you name it. If you're good at it, you know, reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to us uh, via email at info at girlstemstars.org to um, to offer your pro bono work, or you can go to our website, click the donate button and um, make a donation or make a, make a recurring donation that will continue to 
help us um, advance these young girls um, in STEM globally. And speaking of globally, it's interesting that you're you're trying to. It looks like you'd like to expand your organization, your program. You're in the U.S. You you, you jumped to Malaysia. Am I correct? Yeah, it's it was interesting. Um, somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn and they told me, hey, my daughter is going to Malaysia for um, extended learning and she's been watching your progress with Girl STEM Stars and she'd like to, you know, have you host a camp, a summer camp in Malaysia. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Why not? So we got them, you know, we sent a bunch of goodie bags and t-shirts. I sent over the curriculum And, you know, I tried to learn a little Malaysian and, Mm -hmm. you know, I was doing it virtually, you know, get up there and and the girls, they all had the hijab um, on their heads and with the little girl STEM stars t-shirts and they were all screaming and yelling, you know, trying to say, Miss Kiwaba, Miss Kiwaba. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. It was a fantastic experience. And I definitely, now that we're all in a virtual world, world, I look forward to doing more of that. Let's go back a little bit, if we could, to just the the broader challenge in Silicon Valley with with both women and and, and minorities, and just trying to expand the talent pool. I wonder if this analogy makes sense. You know, people talk about in in Hollywood how there's there's lots of great African American actors, and women are getting better roles. But until um, you have black people running studios or women running studios, mm-hmm. it's going to be harder to get projects launched. Like, I wonder if, if, is it the same kind of dynamic? Like, do we need more women founding companies and getting funding and, or, or and minorities? And same, is it the same kind of thing that, that without really get, get change accelerating? Most definitely. I think this is right now where, where we are right now in the world, this is a very rich environment. Um, you know, people are woke, <laughs> at least they think they are. Mm-hmm. And they really want to make a difference right now. And they see the, they see the issues, they see the black atrocities happening across our globe. And it's peeling the scales across the, from their eyes. And they're like, oh, okay, we're, you know, we need to make a change. Um, I think now is the time for people to to pounce on this opportunity to for our allies to pounce on the opportunity to invest in like girl stem stars to invest in you know um black businesses black banks black you name it what whatever um whatever we are doing to where where black businesses and nonprofits and banks are trying to improve the lives of um the the black community the african-american community um, in the in the globe, it's time. This is the time to do it. And you know, I'm grateful to your team at Nexon Marketing um, for providing the opportunity for me to showcase the work that Girl STEM Stars is doing for people to see. Oh, okay, here's an opportunity for me to invest in um, the education of you know black girls and girls of color around the world. Um, I think that. This is the opportunity for our allies to step up and look for opportunities um, across all industries where they see black people trying to make a difference for the community and help them and to invest in them and to fund. Very cool. Well, Kiruba, thank you so much for a terrific conversation. This was awesome. So interesting. I really appreciate your time and, uh, and let us all know how we can help it down the road. 
Thank you. Thank you. And God bless you all. Thank you. A big thanks to my guest this week, Kiwobo Lair, CEO and founder of Girl Stem Stars, and of course, my partners at AppsFlyer. If you like this episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing. Thanks for listening.